Hi, Damien Christoph here. And Marcus Pierce here. After you listen to this Wellness Couch podcast, make sure you strap on your early bird wellness cape and head over to thewellnesssummit.com and book your early bird tickets. Tickets are going like hotcakes and why wouldn't they be? Because two days of powerhouse wellness featuring the Up For A Chat girls, the new couch rock star, Kyle Brock, the natural nutritionist, Steph Lowe, our beautiful special guest, Nat Kringudis, quirky Joe Witten, Marcus Pierce, MP, our brother, the wellness guys, and more should not be missed. Get ready for some serious wellness, inspiration, education, extrapolation, information, fermentation, and so much more. Head to thewellnesssummit.com and book your tickets now. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. The Real Food Real is a fresh and educational podcast dedicated to your health. We get real on current research, debunk food myths, and educate you on how to just eat real food. Your host, Steph Lowe, the natural nutritionist, is one of Australia's leading sports nutritionists, passionate about simplifying nutrition and addicted to coconut lattes, smoothies, and sweet potato. If you love the show, then please leave us a review on iTunes. Share the real food reel with your friends and continue to spread the real food love. Hi team and welcome to the real food reel. Today on the show we begin a new series titled The Real Food Family. We've chosen to introduce this series so you can learn from families who are already living and breathing real food. To kick off the series we start with Taryn Coetzea, wife and mum from Melbourne, Victoria. So we're going to dive straight in today and introduce you to Taryn. Hi, Taryn, and welcome to the show. Hi, Steph. Thanks for joining us. It's great to have you here. And I'm sure everyone's going to love hearing your story and, and learn a lot from you today. So can you please start for us with your story and, and how you've certainly gotten to where you are today? Well, 10 years ago, my diet reflected that of a pretty typical woman in her late 20s. I worked a job with long hours and lots and lots of travel. And when I was done, all I wanted to do was socialize and relax. So this meant that I'd grab dinner out with friends after work and eat out all weekend. On the handful of evenings that I would be at home for dinner, I had a freezer full of pre-packaged microwave meals. I won't mention any brands, but you can imagine. <laughs> always followed by a tub of low-fat yogurt because I thought that was a good idea. I'd take my work to lunch and that was usually a sandwich or veggie sticks with dip and popcorn, rice crackers, um, diet biscuits um, and more low-fat yogurt. I believed that because I ate out so much, I was doing myself a favour by eating these low-calorie lunches and low-fat dinners and I was convinced that this was how to stay skinny because that's important to you in your late 20s. Um, looking back, I was always hungry and I was always tired and I was always just a little bit cranky and just trying to keep it together. But um, 10 years later now, I'm married to an amazing man, which is fantastic, and I have a three-year-old daughter and I'm two weeks away from meeting our second child. I was working part-time until last month, but predominantly I'm a stay-at-home mum. So this has meant a really big change in my lifestyle from 10 years ago. The key thing for me when I'm feeding myself and my family is eating real food. Prepackaged foods almost made a complete exit from our pantry, which I'm very proud of, mm. and a huge change for me personally giving, given what I've just told you about my history with microwave meals and low-fat yoghurt. 
I found that having my husband and daughter to provide for, I wanted to give us the best nutrition for performance. And that's not as athletes because we're far from that, but for a long and happy life as humans. The shift in my nutrition really started first with cutting out sugar, which is something that really dear friend of mine encouraged me to do <laughs> and this was tricky for 20 something me because I had a really sweet tooth and uh, was driven by a lifestyle my lifestyle then which was searching for energy as I raced around for work and with my social calendar you're so busy when you're 20 something um, just trying to get through energy wise coffee and sugar and um, but what I didn't realize is how much sugar I was actually consuming in all of that low fat food that I was eating. I just didn't read labels and I didn't understand. So researching a sugar-free lifestyle quite organically led me to alternative options in eating for energy. And I learned about eating higher protein and adding greater nutrient density to my meals for health and also to my snacks. Um, and I was excited to find that I wasn't hungry all the time. And I learnt a little about gut health and anti-inflammatory foods, good fats and oils, and it gave way, uh, and I gave away any ingredients that I couldn't understand on the label. And that's the key thing for me, I think, is just not consuming blindly. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I think um, you've already answered our, our next question, but we will summarise that for everyone. Um, what would you say your real food message is? Uh, it's... A little bit of a hard one to say. Um, yeah, maybe as we go through today, we might find it between yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. I think certainly the, the key points that you've mentioned, though, around real food and, and learning about what, what is in those foods that we traditionally purchase from the supermarket and, and certainly then how to make a, a better choice is, is what we've already touched on. Um, and I know you've got more to share on that today. Yeah. When my husband and I were dating, I... I warned him that I couldn't cook um, and that wasn't strictly true. I think I was sort of under-promising so I could over-deliver possibly later. Um, I just lived a hectic life and food preparation was super low on the long list of to-dos that I had and I had a really, really limited perspective on nutrition and now that I have this little library in my mind from research and, and good sourcing um, and it relates to a healthier way of eating, I enjoy you know, calling on that to fuel my family. I'm 99% gluten-free and refined sugar-free and I try to keep a low lactose diet as well and I make choices for my family that mainly reflect this and it's been a really fun journey of discovery to find those alternatives. Yeah, tell us more about what you've done. So can you think of some of the big changes that you made when you converted across from packaged and processed to jerfing? Yeah, well, I focus on nutrient density as a really key thing for my family because I feel like if they're going to be eating, they should be getting, you know, as much, as many nutrients and, and good nutrition as possible. Um, I try to keep things high in protein with good fats and lots of veggies, which is just so different to what I did in my 20s. And I avoid, like I said before, gluten and refined sugar in food for myself and the family as well. I need to be practical. We still do have a small amount of pre-packaged food in our house. I have um, gluten-free pizza bases that we use when we need a really quick dinner and I'm yet to find an easy recipe for fajita wraps that don't break. So I buy <laughs> corn tortillas because, um, um, you know, my husband likes 
man food. And so that's been a real drive of mine, converting things that he loves to eat and then test driving them on him without telling them that, him that I've made them myself <laughs> and, and see if he, you know, notices or if it's an improvement and, you know, we sort of talk about it at the end of the, the meal. But, um, yeah, sometimes with those little um, prepackaged things, as long as you can see on the label that you know and understand all of the ingredients, there's still a few things in the, the pantry that still work like that. Yeah, there's an yeah. exception to every rule, but I think certainly what your message sounds like is that most of the time, and, and that's where it really matters, you're focusing on what you can make from scratch and certainly yeah. the, the resources that you can use to um, help make that, you know, fun and exciting for you but but your husband and, and little one as well. Yeah, because, you, you know, there's more than just me to consider, which is, you know, both a pro and a con as we've been discussing, you know, they've got to like it. But um, it also encourages me to try harder. It's easier and tastier than, you know, I ever could have thought to make things from scratch. And part of the joy for me is making those real fruit versions, like I said. Um, some of his favourite dinners are Mexican, which I've touched on, and he likes burgers as well and schnitzel. He's, um, his family heritage is Dutch, and so schnitzel is something that they're really into. <laughs> Pizza and curries. All men like curries. <laughs> I make uh, make them from whole foods and I you know no gluten no added sugar and the additional nutrients I sort of add in there where I can I don't like to say I hide them but <laughs> I add them um, last month I catered for our little one's third birthday party with a completely gluten-free and re- refined sugar-free um, spread for all of the kids and the, the guests. I had frosted cupcakes and chocolate goodies and crackers and quiche and even her birthday cake was gluten-free and refined sugar-free. So I'm really proud of projects like that. It makes me feel like I'm doing a pretty good job. Yeah, I think the other parents would have been mighty thankful too that their kids weren't suffering from a major sugar crash after leaving the party potentially but you know I don't think they noticed but I knew and it was important to me so but you know that's also a really good point you've obviously got some strategies that you use that convert these foods into something that's really delicious and if they don't notice that it's gluten and refined sugar free then I think that's even better because you don't want there to be a barrier around this inverted commas healthy food that is maybe not appealing yeah yeah it's a bit like my work here is done (laughs) So what are some of your favourite substitutes if we talk about being gluten-free and refined sugar-free? Like what would you what would you use to turn a schnitzel into something that's healthy or a, or a cake, for example? Yeah, okay. So the um, my little signature birthday cake that I sort of tend to make for everyone is a, a chocolate mud cake, but it's actually made out of quinoa. So I cook the quinoa and cool it and then you add sort of all of the ingredients to that and that makes the basis. There's heaps of cocoa in it, so it's, um, uh, sorry, cacao in it, so it's really, really chocolatey and it sort of binds with the good fats with the um, the quinoa and makes it delicious. Um, there's a really nice coconut and raw chocolate um, icing mm. that I make to go with it. You just melt the two together and it goes on top and it's ridiculous. My husband comes in and hovers around and looks for the beaters. <laughs> wants to eat it and he's not even a sweet tooth it's just delicious um and the schnitzels um we do an almond crumb Mm. so it's just like a bread crumb but I just break it up in the food processor I use a little bit of almond flour to make it a bit easier uh, almond um, meal and then some actual whole almonds so you get that difference in texture Mm. and it cooks up beautifully in coconut oil really nice and crispy and nutty very tasty with some um parsley and lemon rind 
nice and how does that go compared to the uh traditional schnitzel that your husband's used to getting but you get that crumb that really falls off it's yeah, beautiful yeah. and it's thick and nutty yeah he really likes it i would say he prefers it actually oh, although wow. it's hard to remember because we haven't had the the breaded ones for so long yeah, yeah. right that's really cool i love those ideas and tell us more around um the practical side of things so how do you make it work with food prep and and what's sort of the week look like for you to prepare those healthy meals for you and the family a lot of the the foods that i prepare prepare for the family i do as i go i don't do a lot of ahead of time food prep unless we've got a really busy week or when i was working part-time i'd be preparing my lunches on the sunday so that we could eat them through or um a big batch of um, whole food type bolognese so that we could eat it on the two days that I was working, like after work, make it a bit easier. But now since I've um, finished up in the last week, I do a lot of a lot of the food fresh um, because my daughter likes to help with all of that as well. I think it's really good for I think it's really good for kids to see that happening. I, I don't know for sure because it doesn't happen in my life, but I suspect that um, it's it's important for her to see that things don't just come out of a pack and get heated up, mm. um, that, you know, things start from scratch and um, make something. You can see how it's made. I just think that that's important for her and she really enjoys it. Yeah, she yeah. seems to be a little bit of a budding assistant. <laughs> yeah, I, it's messy and it takes patience But uh, I, and I don't know how I'll go with two kids trying to help. But um, you just, you know, you just pick your occasions that you do it. Sometimes you know it's going to be a bit too messy. So, you know, maybe some Barbie dolls or colouring books to distract so you can just get it done quickly. <laughs> <laughs> now, you and I... Um, obviously we know each other outside of the real food real and I know you've been doing some food prep of late for a different reason so perhaps most of the time you prepare your food fresh but now you're so close to baby number two what have you been up to mm-hmm. um uh because we're expecting him or her in two weeks time my current obsession is filling the freezer with dinners um that my husband can prepare for us uh, when I'm, you know, not capable because a new baby does take up a lot of your time and that's an understatement. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm obviously not talking about the microwave meals that I used to eat at 26. I've been doing double slow cooks or similar to that twice a week for a month now and it, if it feeds us for one meal over the weekend or, you know, during the week and then usually creates two or three more meals that I can pop in the freezer I actually added uh, the natural nutritionist's green chicken curry to the freezer yesterday. Oh, two batches. Very good. Um, uh, and with the freezer pre-packed before the baby arrives, I know that we'll be able to eat nutritious food even when I can't prepare it freshly, and it makes it easy for Ben because he's got to got to work as well, so it makes it a bit easier. Yeah, that's a great idea. And what are some other meals that you've got ready to go? Um, I have got a slow cooker chicken satay and some lamb shanks I tend to you know sort of think of things that Ben might like or that I think is a you know slow cooker staple and then I'll look online and find a recipe that either is prepared with whole foods or that I can substitute ingredients into it 
like a lot of curries and things, ask for, you know, half a cup of brown sugar and I'll replace it with a bit of rice malt syrup or, um, you know, it might ask for sweet chilli sauce in a particular recipe, so I'll replace it with fresh chillies and a bit of um, a bit of stevia. So, you know, I just kind of come up with them like that. Yeah, that's, that's some great ideas. I think it's good to have those quick and easy substitutions that mean you're not restricted with the recipes that you choose, but mm-hmm. you get good at replacing on a, on a one-to-one or even certainly with sugar and recipes, you find you need less and less as your real food journey goes on. Definitely. And I think um, because we've always fed our daughter this way, she doesn't have a terribly sweet tooth. I mean, she loves chocolate. That's a genetic thing. (laughs) My my mum loves chocolate and my daughter seems to have inherited that gene. But, um, you know, I just give her a bit of raw chocolate or whatever and she doesn't know particularly differently. Mm. And also the same with chilli. Like I know that's a completely different dietary thing, but... With the sugar, she doesn't expect, her taste buds don't expect much and I've always put a bit of chilli in our food and she's quite used to that now as well. So I think, you know, how you you feed your kids is just what they get used to. Yeah, absolutely. And certainly sugar, it's a, a learned response. So you can go forwards or, or you can regress that with decreasing the amount that you can consume. Yeah. Yeah, and does, what what do you do in that sort of environment when, say, it's maybe someone else's birthday party um, where they're not gluten-free and refined sugar-free. Does that fall into the 1% that you mentioned before around? It kind of has to, but mm. I find she doesn't She doesn't really take to it. Visually, she's interested in those things because they're things she doesn't really see. For example, we were at a third birthday party earlier this year and they had it was Frozen-themed mm. And there was cupcakes with blue icing and it just looked, I can imagine how that would look if I was three. Mm. And she went straight for it. Can I have it? She does always ask. And um, I said, yes, you can. She took two licks of the blue icing and put the plate down next to me and went and played with the bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> she, Because she's just not tuned that way generally. Yeah. Although, like I said, chocolate is definitely her weakness. That would be where I have to start to to take up that 1%. Chocolate of any kind, she will eat. <laughs> as long as she's getting those nutrient-dense main meals in, huh? Mm. That is exactly my thought. And I'm, I mentioned earlier that really high veggie content for the whole family, which is mm. different to how I used to eat and um you know, that main meal at the end of the day, because that's almost always at home, mm. It's that's where I can pick up the the nutrients that we might have missed throughout the day. So I'll make sure that, she, you know, if she has, I make a, a whole food cheesy mac, which is obviously not low lactose, but I make the sauce from scratch and I use um, a gluten-free pasta because it's every kid's favourite. Mm. Um, but she knows that if she's having cheesy mac, that's a special meal and she must eat all the vegetables on the plate as well. So veggies on the side? Yeah, always got veggies on the side. Yeah, great. Yeah, and so she knows she has to eat the veggies if she gets cheesy mac. That's a good deal. Go mum. Mm. <laughs> uh, you know, she's only three. As she gets older, I'm sure there'll be some kind of pushback, but <laughs> no, I'll be optimistic. <laughs> Train them well to start with, I think. <laughs> Cool. So let's put that together in um, what a day on your plate looks like. Could you run through like a couple of different examples of say breakfast, lunch and dinner and 
what you might be having for snacks at the moment? Yeah, sure. Um, For breakfast, my daughter and I usually have overnight chia pudding, which I just prepare before I go to bed and it doesn't take me very long. Um, Or we might have homemade gluten-free muesli if I've forgotten to make the chia pudding Um, or some quinoa porridge. And if we're in a real hurry, if the things have just gone haywire in the morning, um, it might be a slice of gluten-free toast with some nut butter. But all of these things have little nutrient-filled extras that I add, so um, shredded coconut or um, organic frozen ve- uh, berries, mm. cinnamon, cacao nibs, chopped nuts. It gives interesting texture. Ainsley enjoys that, so um, a bit of coconut yogurts and seeds. And it keeps that first meal of the day nice and fibrous as well, which helps. For the body, I've been adding those little sprinkly extras to her food for so long that she thinks that chia and cinnamon on top of your yogurt is just standard sprinkles. That's what you put on it. <laughs> yeah, well, she wouldn't know any different, which is really exactly. cool. Mm. And it's what she asks for if Aww. I say, oh, you, what do you want for snack? And she'll say, oh, yogurt with chia and cinnamon on top, please. So That is the best. Really, I absolutely love that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, my husband's breakfast changes. He likes a bit of variety, but it needs to be ready as he walks out the door. He eats it in the car on the way to work. Sometimes it's a piece of toast with avocado and other times it's yogurt and some of that homemade gluten-free muesli um, with some frozen ver- berries on top. I think we're actually probably due to go back onto a baked egg muffin week this week, actually. Mm-hmm. They're just, um, you know, egg little egg pies kind of done in a muffin tin. And I a uh, bit of bacon in there and maybe some veggies and yeah, some awesome. seasoning. Yeah, and I bake them on a, a Sunday or a Monday and I pop them in Ziploc bags in the fridge and he just grabs them on the way out of the door and really high protein keeps him going. When we met, he didn't eat breakfast at all. So we've come a long, we've come a long way. <laughs> I also know what he did choose at one time. I won't mention any brands. But yeah, one of those prepackaged breakfast drinks, yes. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I, think, I was at the time I was proud enough of that because I'd gotten him to actually have something. Yeah. But we, you know, we progress. And I, sh- and I shouldn't laugh because it, <laughs> it is absolutely an evolution. Um, but certainly, egg cups are, you know, just as quick and easy to prepare, and mm. and certainly packed full of nutrition. Yeah, much better. I mean, I had my microwave meal vice, and he had his prepackaged breakfast drink vice. <laughs> <laughs> and look where you are now. <laughs> That's right. It's an evolution. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Cool. So we're uh, back at brekkie. Yeah, cool. That's probably about it for brekkie, yeah. really. Um, snacks are a big part of a three-year-old's life. We can't. I can't leave the house without a selection of three or four of them. <laughs> I think it's more of an activity than an actual hunger. I think that there's just triggers in her day where she goes, oh, I would like a snack while I do this. So it's. I think that's more what it's about, but who knows. Our regular selection sort of rotates a bit like my husband's breakfast does, but... Um, Uh, for example half a banana or an apple and the skin must be off that makes it inedible to a three-year-old you have to remember that skin is a (laughs) no-no um there's these amazing seed seeded crackers that um i actually just get from the supermarket and they're all gmo free and really lovely and she really likes those i like them too i like those (laughs) Mm -hmm, you know the ones um almonds and craisins just a little mix and i usually keep a big tub of those in the bag because i like those as well um popcorn which i pop at home in an air popper that i was given for my 21st birthday it's still going um 
my daughter loves supervising the popping of the popcorn. It's one of her favourite things to do. Um, she'll often ask me in the afternoon and I'll be like, no, we did it yesterday. We've got a full tub. <laughs> we'll be fine. <laughs> so, um, and again, it's that getting kids involved in the, the food prep. Like I think that's really important for her to see things come from scratch instead of a packet. Yeah, um, lunch has always been close to nap time because she's only just three. So we've had the luxury of being able to prepare and eat at home for the last few years for lunch, which has been really good. And we love frittata and scrambled eggs. Salads made out of leftovers are always really good. Or our absolute all-time favourite, the natural nutrition zucchini crepes. I have to make sure I've always got a zucchini and coconut flour in our fridge because yeah. um, we eat those at least once a week and she's always eaten them. They've never gone out of style. That's very cool. I love that. Such an easy yeah. recipe too. Yeah, and you can add anything like if we've got leftover barbecue chicken from the weekend or, um, you know, some lamb or whatever, we wrap it up in them and, and eat it with a bit of avo and just changes it up a little bit. Mm. Um, once a week we, or sometimes twice a week, we bake in the afternoons. It's just an activity that we can do together and it often becomes our afternoon snack. Mm. So, um, you know, we do some cookies and muffins, sometimes pancakes and frittata and always with almond flour or coconut flour to get more nutrients and obviously gluten-free. We use some um, RMS or stevia to sweeten the, the dishes that need it. Your RMS, I love the acronym. <laughs> oh, sorry, rice mustard. <laughs> no, Try writing that on a shopping list every second week. Yes, exactly. Acronyms are key. <laughs> yeah, um, and free-range eggs as well, which we get delivered by a local company. Um, so we know they're, you know, nice and fresh. Um, smoothies are an afternoon favourite as well. Actually, we had a smoothie at breakfast this morning. She asked for one. Oh, very good. Yeah, again with the, the raw cacao in it because she just loves chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, um, yeah, when you can hide it like that, though, you're turning the, the chocolate into something really, really healthy for her, then, you know, it fits the bill for breakfast, right? Yeah, it sure does. I mean, there's half an avocado in there and mm. some frozen berries and some quinoa flakes, things that, you know, you don't find, the chia seeds, cinnamon, things that I mentioned earlier we often pack into breakfast and she doesn't necessarily know are there and they just add texture and, and extra nutrients. Mm. Um, dinner, as I mentioned before, is often a whole food version of a family favourite that is made gluten-free and with the most nutrient-dense um, ingredients. Spaghetti bolognese with um, zucchini noodles, fajitas. Yeah, nice. I think I've mentioned enough how much my husband likes Mexican. <laughs> Malaysian curry. I do too, with, so I can relate. <laughs> Malaysian curry with quinoa or cauliflower rice and um, a really good quick dinner around here if I've been caught for time. There's always, you know, lamb cutlets or, or chicken thighs in the fridge and um, we have it with a nice fresh salad and some sweet potato fries with a bit of cinnamon on top. Oh. Yum. Yummy. Yeah, mm. we have that usually once a week yeah, on the yeah, day. I can't great. really be bothered with food prep. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. I mean, it's great that you've got some options that maybe take a little bit more time, which you can do with a little one and certainly some backup options, which can be ready in half an hour, which is super practical and it's just the way it needs to be. Yeah. And it's, uh, like I said, I've got a pretty stacked freezer, but we, you still like fresh food. So there'll still be an online order done from one of the 
the supermarkets during the week to get us some fresh meat and um, fresh veggies and things because they're easy to cook and Ben knows how to do those if I'm a bit stuck with the two kids. So, Yeah, very cool. So much good information there. I think that you know, there should be a lot of people taking notes throughout the podcast today and we can share some recipes in the show notes if, um, if there's anything in particular that, that um, isn't on my website. We'll add that to the list. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we know what's next for you. So you're going to be very busy in the next couple of weeks and months. Yeah, we're only two weeks away from meeting our second child who is a surprise baby. We haven't found out if we're having a boy or a girl, so it's going to be, yeah, very exciting times and adjusting our little one who is three to life shared with another sibling. So, yeah, and, you know, part of trying to pre-prepare all that nutritious food ready to go in the freezer is because I want to be able to focus on, um, you know, helping those two get along and just coping with little sleep and things. And, you know, it's a short period of time. So we'll um, try to enjoy, see the the happiness in all the little moments that come along. Um, But, yeah, my what's next for me, my, my main goal is to bring this child into the world as quickly and painlessly as possible (laughs) (laughs) and my little side goal is probably to finally ace my own gluten-free fajita wraps at home (laughs) yeah very fun that sounds like a good project yeah so I'll work on that when I've I've caught up on a bit of sleep and (laughs) that kind of thing I think it might not be high on the to-do list just yet but it's there (laughs) make it a six-month goal yeah Awesome. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today, Taryn. Thanks so much for sharing your story and your tips and tricks for your real food family. Thank you. I hope it's been interesting to uh, your listeners, Steph. Yeah, awesome. I'm sure everyone can learn a lot. Thanks again, Taryn. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.